Attention, Plans 10-Minute Podcast begins now. Welcome, everybody, to Plans 10-Minute Podcast. My name is Nick Carlson. I'm your host, and my co-host is Vincent Ranieri. Together, we run the planned company's marketing department. Vinny, how are you doing today? Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Martin. Happy to have you guys. All right. So Plant Companies, for those of you who don't know, is a real estate services company. We're 120 years old, specialized in janitorial, front desk, security guards, and building maintenance. And uh, we've been, uh, I think this is episode four of our podcast. Today, our special guest is Martin Cabellar. Martin is an attorney with the Becker Law Firm. Uh, Becker is all over the East Coast. And Martin is based in Morristown, New Jersey. Martin, welcome. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. And thank you for Planned Companies for putting on this great series. I really love it. I've been been following you guys, uh, you know, as you've been going through these podcasts. So it's great. Great thing you guys are doing. Thank you. All right. So, Vinny, uh, where can we be found now, our podcast? We're, we're getting into the uh, big leagues here. Yeah, we're starting to grow here. So, of course, you can always be found on uh, plantcompanies.com forward slash podcast, our YouTube channel as well. And now we are on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So we're in the big leagues. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> all right. All right. So we're growing. Uh, all right. Good. So uh, we've got a tight 10 here. Uh, Martin, uh, thank you for being here again. Uh, first question, I guess, is what, you know, what is new as far as uh, uh, legally in the, uh, you know, in the multifamily, the condo homeowner, et cetera, what, what, is, what is new legally that you might want to share with our listeners? Sure. So the, the governor of the state of New Jersey has had, you know, throughout the, the COVID pandemic, uh, a series of executive orders now, and he's, he's up to 203 during his tenure as governor, not all of them related to COVID, but a good majority of them are. And recently he put out executive order 203. And executive order 203, the impact on communities really relates to outdoor gatherings and it limits outdoor gatherings now to 25 persons. So for larger communities, um, lake communities, for example, that might have areas where people desire to hold a wedding, for example, or they have areas on their back patio where people might wanna hold a baby shower, something like that. Those are gonna be limited to, to 25 uh, persons at this time. And of course, always before, if you live in a community association or a multi-family dwelling, you wanna be seeking your legal counsel before you allow these types of events um, given the current climate and, and make sure if you're gonna go forward, you have appropriate protections in place. So I think that's the most recent you know, happening thing uh, with respect to the legal field and uh, you know, multi-family dwellings. Okay, so there's a degree of liability. Is that what you're saying? Uh, there, there's the potential. Yes, there's the potential always for a degree of liability. Um, insurance considerations, you know, if, if someone were to attend one of these events and claim to have contracted the virus at that event, um, your community association is probably not going to have insurance for that. Um, virtually every insurance policy that we looked at, we haven't come across one yet, um, that doesn't have some type of exclusion that will apply to uh, a particular type of claim related to COVID-19. So there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Um, there are protections that can be put in place to allow things to be done safely. But I think the most important thing to, to understand is that the restriction is there. And before you have these events in the first place, whether it was 25 people restriction or a 50 person restriction or a, a 500 person restriction like it was at one time, you, you want to be in touch with your legal counsel to discuss potential risks, liabilities and, and way to reduce those things for you. Okay. Okay. Um, Martin, New Jersey uh, just recently voted to legalize marijuana. How does that affect the multifamily or condo community? 
Okay. So, you know, a couple of years ago, New Jersey um, legalized medicinal marijuana. And right. when they did that, we started to see more complaints, believe it or not, from residents in multifamily dwellings about the transmission of marijuana smoke. Uh, historically, uh, a popular complaint had been the transmission uh, of tobacco smoke, right? And, uh, you know, you own, in a, a condo association, for example, you own your unit. And in the interior space, you generally have a right to um, smoke tobacco or you know, if it's if it, uh, marijuana is legalized now to do that as well. The problem is at what point does it become a nuisance, right? And, and what um, types of actions might you as the owner of that condo unit need to take to ensure that that smoke doesn't transmit to your neighboring um, owners? So I think with the legal legalization of uh, marijuana, what we're going to see is an increase of um, complaints about the transmission of marijuana smoke. Um, in the past, um, we could kind of typically swiftly resolve that by reaching out to the owner and saying, look, the use of marijuana is illegal. <laughs> you know, and if you continue in this, the association is going to do things like issue fines or um, seek to take further legal action against you to get an injunction, right? You're not going to be able to do that anymore. You're going to have to show now that the uh, the use is unreasonable and it's creating a, a legal nuisance. Um, it's not an easy standard um, to prove, um, but if you can show that the smoke is transmitting into another unit and uh, such that a reasonable person would be uh, annoyed by that or it would create a nuisance for them, then you'll be able to, to demonstrate that and show that and take some action. It's not like you can videotape odor. <laughs> no, unfortunately, yeah, you know. Another popular one with these with these nuisances is cooking smells, right? Cooking smells, um, smoke transmission, and then noise. Those are the three biggest we see in the multifamily dwelling because people live right next door. They share walls. And in some instances, they live right on top of one another. So the problem is there is some level and some reasonable expectation that you're going to experience these things. So the fact that your neighbor walks around in their unit and makes some noise is not going to create a legal action. If your neighbor is jumping up and down at two o'clock in the morning or rolling a bowling ball around, you'll probably have a legal action because that would be reasonable. So it all goes back to this hypothetical reasonable person and, and who really is and is not reasonable. Um, it's, it's not, as you can imagine, it's not an easy standard to prove, but it's one of those things where, you know, if you see it, you know it. Gotcha. So Martin, if you put your crystal ball in front of you and we skip past the cold winter here uh, and we look towards spring, what are we looking at in terms of uh, gyms, pools? What's the what's everything going to look like come April, May? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to predict, guys. It really is. Um, this is an evolving situation, and every day the information changes, right? Um, as of right now, today, if you told me should a community open their pool, meaning a community association, uh, the, generally the recommendation is going to be no. Uh, and if you decide sure. to open it, you want to put in all these protections to, to best protect the association. And you want to have that discussion with your insurance company and, and your legal counsel and your pool company. Uh, same goes for, for fitness centers. You're going to want to have those discussions because there are things, if you're going to open a fitness center, you should put into place uh, if you're doing that in a multi-family uh, setting. The difficulty is where will we be in the spring? Oh, you know, God willing, this vaccine or these vaccines that are coming along will have some success and, and things will drastically change by the spring of the summer. Um, it's, it's tough. You know, I'm, I'm certainly not a, a, a doctor or in the medical field, so I, I don't want to predict that, you know, 
yes, all of our communities are going to be able to open their pools and fitness centers uh, come this spring, but I sure hope they can. Uh, you know, this, this is taking a toll on, on everyone. And, you know, come spring, come summer, I, I hope we have a way to do all of these things safely, put the pr protections in place that we need to do. And like I said, hopefully with a vaccine, we'll, we'll be able to do much more. And we've been learning second time around. If this were to happen again, carry over to spring and summer, we have been here before. So you, the, this first time around, everything was new. It was the first time we were hitting summer with this. Now the first time we're hitting fall and Thanksgiving and Christmas next year, if this is still uh, just as you know uh, potent as it in, is today, it's our second time around. Maybe we've learned a little bit on how to deal with opening. Yeah. And, and I think you're seeing too a little bit of COVID fatigue. Um, there's obviously another spike coming through the, the New Jersey area. And, and I think it's important for the people who are making the decisions, if you're in a community association, the governing board, for example, um, to, to understand that their residents are having some COVID fatigue and they might need to be reminded about the risks and they might need to be reminded about mask wearing and, and doing those types of things because it, it protects everyone in the community, which helps protect uh, the association as well. And we hope it just helps speed up getting over this. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, COVID fatigue. I hadn't heard that term before. That's a good one, though. But it's a great term. Everybody yeah, listening really understands what that means, I think, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, in uh, December of 2020. I think everyone, honestly, is, is guilty yeah, of it. Yeah. try to stay vigilant. But, yeah. you know, this this is an unusual circumstance. And it's been, you know, we're, we're coming up on a year in March now, March <sighs> If you look wow. back in history, some of the other pandemics have had two, three, four waves. It's not, you know, unusual to go through a third wave of this. Absolutely. But hopefully with, uh, you know, the medical advancements that we have, um, we can we can avoid that third wave, God will. I hope. So, Martin, what kind of uh, questions, what kind of things are your clients asking you right now? Aside, so, COVID aside, I mean, what, oh, you know, COVID what are you aside, yeah, I, I know that's sort of the most popular topic. It always has been since March, but COVID aside, yeah. um, a lot of our communities are coming to us with questions about annual elections um, in the, in their community association governing boards. The um, law has changed surrounding uh, annual elections for planned developments. Um, there are certain notice requirements, timing requirements. There's uh, requirements now to uh, permit anonymous balloting, something that wasn't a requirement before, which creates the need for this two envelope, double envelope system, because you need to be able to ensure that the ballot is from an owner with their name on the outside of that envelope, take that out, stick it in a pile with no identification on it, um, and then have that ballot be um, anonymous. So um, unfortunately, what has happened is in addition to the law changing, um, you know, a little over a year ago now, the Department of Community Affairs has put out some of its own regulations that were meant to supplement the law. Um, they did it in the middle of a pandemic, of course, uh, and, and a lot of these communities aren't aware of these things, or if they are aware of them, they haven't yet learned how to adopt them because we're operating in an entirely new environment where you can't have your elections in person. You have to have these elections via Zoom. So virtually everyone is voting um, in these elections, either in by proxy or by an, an absentee mail-in ballot. Whereas in the past, if there was if there was some confusion about you know how to fill out a ballot, for example, they could show up at the meeting, ask their question, fill out their ballot, and drop it off. And and now the the ability to do that is just not the same. So, in addition to all these different timeline requirements, um, different things that need to be on the ballots 
themselves and in the instructions themselves to the homeowners, uh, it's really creating uh, a, a circumstance which is resulting in disqualification of ballots. Um, and that really wasn't the intent of the law uh, or the regulations. The, the intent was to encourage uh, more voting by having the voting be anonymous, for example. Um, and, you know, in a lot of our communities, there's uh, not a lot of voter participation participation to begin with. So if we then have to start disqualifying votes because they didn't fill out the ballot correctly, for example, or they didn't identify on an outer envelope um, who it was from, sometimes they think, well, we have a drop box. I just drop it in there. My vote's anonymous. But if you didn't put your name and address on the outside, we can't confirm one, that you're even a member of that association mm. and two, that you're in good standing uh, with the association. Or so that you're voting twice or something. Or that you're not voting twice. Exactly. Yeah. There, there are a lot of issues surrounding it. And it's, it's unfortunate that this happened in the middle of a pandemic, but uh, we've been working hard to get all of our clients through it. We'll help them and assist them prepare all the election materials, the packages, the notices, everything they need to do, and, and then be able to hand that off to management so that they can mail it all out. Okay. All right. Well, outstanding, Martin. Thank you very much. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, everybody, for joining. You can uh, follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, a number of places. We will put Martin's contact information, the URL to his website, in the comments below. And uh, please subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Thanks Thank very you, much. Thank you, Thank everybody. You. Have a great day.